Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. From the Rangaroo Studios, this is the COB. Brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets on this Monday, mm. May the 22nd. A, quite a quiet one here locally, on <laughs> yeah. the macro front at least. Yeah, to say the least. A little bit of corporate news out there. And uh, well, there always is, and, and we'll get you through that. But um, yeah, it's a quiet start to the week. Mm-hmm. You know, we were down very much. And we'll have a look at the market now, because I think we finished off by about 0.2%, which, you know, all things said and done, considering Wall Street's sell off wasn't all that bad, really. But again, uh, light activity overall. Yeah, okay, so we'll get you across the final figures for both the SIBO Australia Index and the S&P ASX 200 shortly. Um, so three themes, what were they today? Well, we've got a bit of a, uh, a market tumble. I think tumble is probably overstating it a, a little bit, dip. isn't it? A little dip to start. We've got markets really though on edge because of that US debt ceiling. Mm-hmm. So the negotiations are supposed to start in the US again today. Mm-hmm. Look, everybody says that it will get resolved. However, this brinkmanship obviously, you know, is going right to the end. Um, I had a good chat with Isaac Poole from Oriana Financial Services. He said, yes, it is still a sideshow, but but there could potentially be quite a lot of volatility this week off the back of it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too, isn't it? Markets work at the margins, they work on probabilities, and every day that this gets closer to uh, X day or D day, whichever way you want to look at it, but um, well, it becomes slightly uh, greater risk that something doesn't happen. So okay. that's got to be uh, that's got to be priced in. Why are you um, sticking out everywhere here? Yeah, fix yeah, myself up a little up, bit. <laughs> yeah. Got caught in a net. Um, I noticed just when I was coming on here that you know we're seeing some pressure coming through on coal and iron ore in China. So let's put a bit of weight on mm. the local miners and um, property concerns still over there. Now that just gets me thinking as well about some of the um, communications we had coming from both the Quad and the G7 mm. over the weekend. You know this this. The semantics, but it's called de-risking when it comes to China. Obviously, we would never say that we wanted to cool trade. Obviously, we wouldn't say that we want to, uh, you know, ensure the dominance of uh, Western nations when it comes to economic growth. But um, yeah, looking to sort of pull back a little bit and figure out how this relationship's going to go. Yeah, I, from what I kind of gathered with the politics around it, very much trying to encourage, and I use that word uh, very carefully, encourage China to perhaps grow within that rules-based system, which, you know, since the end of the Trump administration and some um, sort of shifts in global geopolitics, you know, the G7 are obviously trying to uh, reinforce again uh, as being sort of the guiding guiding principles of, of global trade and global politics. So de-risking, we don't want to keep them out of the loop, but you have to grow the way that we want you to grow, perhaps. That seems to be the uh, the message. Hey, there's always uh, rules in place, isn't there? Um, M&A, we'll get to that in the corporate stories. Let's just take a look at some of the sectors today. We had energy, really, the best performing. So I thought we'd start with something positive. Positive when you consider, uh, yeah, that we've got, uh, you know, still some real concerns about uh, global growth going Mm. forward. Um, Infotech also did outperform, generally speaking, when it comes to the local market. And that's despite the fact that we 
We did see, you know, the BNPL names really tumbling. Um, yep. Hey, Nasdaq was down too on Friday night, so yeah. quite quite resilient. Zero, close to 110 bucks per share. Howdy doody. Yeah, well, that's you know still a little bit of the afterglow from its results yeah. that came through last week. And I just wanted to flag that we get Technology One earnings tomorrow. Interesting. Lots of people in the market hanging out for that. Um, Kyle, the flip side though, REITs, A REITs did not perform well, and you can see there, um, even those in the industrial space not looking too good and telcos was also an underperforming sector telcos and well perhaps miners last but not least let's uh see if we can get the miners up by any chance because they are normally the swing player on the market major miners there and uh we got to fix that no we got to fix that bug in the system that's not right yeah i was gonna say also newcrest i'm just seeing a bit of news coming out in relation to newcrest so it has got um some big concerns when it comes to a dust, dust off um, that, that I think this is rearing its ugly head again, really, saying that it will continue to work with members of the community and the EPA on the concerns that were raised. It's in relation to CADIA, and mm. it's been issued with a draft pollution prevention notice. I guess that will be um, Newmont's problem um, in not too long. <laughs> All um, that handballing. We uh, will see, but, um, but there you go. So top corporate stories, Kyle. Um, look, Tyro Payments, Potentia walking away. Tyro oh. saying it tried to work with them to get a better offer, um, but it's just obviously said to hard basket, done, shares down by 16%. Yeah, not welcome by investors in the slightest. A big tin can holdings, that's one that you honed in on pretty specifically mm-hmm. in the small caps today, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, so big tin can has had this uh, private offer or private equity offer put on the table. The thing is, it's not keeping the market up to date. So there was media speculation yesterday, I think it was in the fin, talking about this offer. Um, you know, its board comes out today and says, yeah, it is an offer. And it's, a, I think, a 60% plus premium to its last traded share price. But this has sort of become a modus operandi from big tin can holdings, you know, not disclosing these offers that have been made for the business. So saying it's not in shareholders' best interests, but look, um, we'll put in some calls to some shareholders, some investors in the company to see what they make of it. St. Barbara, again, on this M&A theme, we've got Silver Lakes coming back and improving the offer for uh, that unit that it wanted to buy. The name of it just slipped my mind at this very moment. No, because it's a hard name to remember, but uh, that's interesting because there was speculation that that might have been done as far as Silver Lake's involvement mm-hmm. in that too last week, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, actually led to a bit of a rally in the Silver Lake share it price. Did. Um, so, another chapter in that one. Leonara assets. Leonara. There you go. I might name my first no- first daughter Leonara. Whoa. Nice, isn't it? Yeah, we nice should talk unusual. after. We should talk. Do you have news? You got to- Anyways, um, <laughs> City Chic, again, it is just, I mean, sales down by about 15% in the f- trading weeks of this period so far. Inventory not being, it's just having to discount. I mean, you've got to put all your stuff on promotion to sell it. It's tough. It's down by a further 6.4%. And then Zipco tumbling. Uh, because of that increased regulation on BNPL, so they have to be treated, um, you know, as if they're offering a credit product, and that comes with a lot more um, responsibility. More onerous, yeah. Um, well, I mean, at the risk of editorialism, maybe not the risk. I'm just going to do it. So I'm probably overdue. I would say. I think it's fair fair to to, to state that uh, buy now, pay later is qualified as credit for quite some time. But one more regulation in the space. And, and you did speak to Peter Gray, who said, uh, has said for a really long time, that we welcome regulation. This is a good thing. Yeah, and he says that they're actually already compliant with this particular regulation. So I asked him why the share price was down six, six and a half percent when I was speaking to him. He said, I don't know. Good question. Anyway, we thought we'd put that question to our guests on the call today. Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor and Nathan Samasandaram from Deep Data Analytics. Uh, Zip was the stock of the day. Let's take a listen. 
think it is funny how that's come out now. I think it's good. There needs to be a certain level of uh, protection uh, for the consumers because they can be targeted. Uh, but uh, look, I think the the horse has already bolted. Getting into the sector uh, at all? No. Staying yeah. out of finance, especially any short term. I'm not convinced there is a sustainable business here. And it would be fascinating to see what Afterpay is, would have been doing as a standalone business because yep. increasingly it's looking like that this whole buy now, pay later segment was a fad that has now fallen. And it tells you how you need to invest to make money, which is to avoid fads. Or if you're going to in, get involved with fads, recognize them for what they are and get the heck out pretty damn quick. Yeah. Furiously nodding in agreement. Oh there. man, it was a bubble. I was, I, know, I was doing my talking head stuff a couple of years ago when everyone was asking me whether I should buy Afterpay or Zip or whatever it happens to be, and I was just like, well, you know, if you want to have a punt, it's a greater fool. Well, theory, a lot of people made a lot of money on Afterpay. You just, it, to Gora's point, you greater, had greater to know fool. You just got to find someone else dumb enough to, to sell it. But I don't know. Do we put, uh, do we put the stake in the ground? Now? Is that the end of the bubble now that we've got the regulation? Oh, yeah, I think the bubble ended when those share prices started to tank, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. No. All right, let's bring in Josh Gilbert. He's joining us from eTor to find out what he made of the day that was. Because, Josh, I note that our market underperformed. We saw chip companies really helping to drive Asian shares higher. And it just made me think we've got NVIDIA uh, reporting later this week. So there's, a lot, there's still lots happening on the corporate front. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, bit of a poor lead, I think, for from the local market from obviously US on, on Friday. Obviously, had a bit of a boost from tech today, which has helped to sort of prop up the index slightly as well. Um, we obviously had the NASDAQ up 3.5% last week as well. We've obviously got NASDAQ futures in the green today um, as well already. But as you say, we had some positivity from Asia. I think a lot of that was coming through from uh, Biden sort of hinting towards improving relations there. But I also think there's just a bit of relief there after some really poor performance uh, over the last sort of couple of months. So, um, you know, Hang, Sek, uh, Hang Seng Tech today doing sort of really well. And again, yeah, I think we're, we're looking to head to obviously NVIDIA this week, best performing stock on the S&P 500 this year. Obviously, most of the conversation for tech this year has obviously been around AI. You know, that's what's been um, sort of driving that positivity for for nvidia so far this year we had thousands of mentions of of ai from big tech companies you know talking about this sort of new technology that's sort of coming in so the investor excitement for for this technology is, is huge right now and i don't think there's anything probably more exciting maybe uh than nvidia you could maybe question uh microsoft as well but you know nvidia is is really leading the the race here in terms of chip technology and uh so that's gonna be a really interesting earnings to watch this week yeah, there's gonna have sort of lots too recently too it has to be said just about um how just like particular nvidia's chips are just so well suited uh for, for ai technology they've really cornered the market so far from what i understand but uh, you probably heard us before josh just talking about the, uh, I'll call it the buy now, pay later bubble. And obviously uh, in a past life myself, seeing some of the activity from traders era as that kind of bubble took hold in the hysteria. I mean, ha- have you seen yourself with, with eToro clients just a, a drop off in interest in some of those names now that, you know, basically they've, you know, this close to, to, to the precipice? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Nadia made a great point then as soon as those share prices sort of started to go down. Uh, you know, I think that was sort of the end for it. We, we saw, um, obviously, for, for a long period there with those buy now, pay later, that they were loved by investors just given how well that they sort of performed. Uh, but when that performance, you know, isn't there, it, it does start to fall off. Then we obviously that had that sort of conversation around you know, regulation, can this last? Obviously, as soon as interest rates, um, you know, b- began to rise, you know, easy easy monetary policy ended. Uh, I think that's when investors really sort of, you know, saw the end to, uh, to these assets. Although, you know, you, you may have the odds um, contrarian investor that, that might see a bit of opportunity for some of these names at, at these levels. Um, I agree that, you know, that these are probably um, stocks that, are going to struggle moving forward, especially with with regulation coming in now. It may even be opportunities for some of the bigger banks to um, to pick some of these names up. Let's see, um, because clearly it's a product that is loved, um, you know, by the everyday consumer. So you know, maybe there's some opportunity uh, there. But yeah, I think investors lost a lost lost a lot of love for it um, as soon as those share prices started to fall. Mm. When you think of what is actually exciting shareholder or investors, traders, whatever, you know, what's happening on the eToro platform, where are you seeing a lot of the interest? Lithium. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, look, it's the obvious one. Um, but I think that, you know, given um, what has obviously happened with the lithium price over the last couple of years, given how much conversation there is, you know, around, um, you know, the, the energy transition this year, that is the main focus. Uh, we did a, you know, a survey at the start of uh, Q1, which was just looking at, you know, what themes retail investors were interested in and, and clean technology continue to be the name that, that came out on top. So I think that, you know, lithium, I think is more apparent here in Australia than maybe overseas, but we're even seeing a lot of overseas investors, you know, wanting to get involved um, with the lithium space here in Australia. Pilbara has been a name that, um, you know, global investors are, are buying. Um, so, look, plenty of interest around that. I think we're also seeing AI, of course, is the, the, the sort of the real interesting activity there. Gold stocks have also picked up recently. We've seen plenty of activity there. We've also seen a bit of a move back to, to Japanese equities as well, given how well, um, you know, um, you know, the Japanese market has, has done just recently, obviously surpassing 30,000 as well. So plenty of interest, uh, you know, within the last couple of weeks, um, you know, for the Japanese market as well. That, that's uh, got investors pretty excited. Yeah, and uh, we actually had a few guests talking today about how the developments over the weekends were probably very positive for some of Australia's sort of rare earths um, companies, maybe even overlooked a little bit today if you look at the lithium Mm -hmm. plays. But uh, obviously can't uh, leave the conversation uh, without discussing macro and we've got these debt ceiling issues overhanging the market. Clearly there's still speculation about what the Fed does next. So, I mean, if we are going to see a pocket of volatility, because as we said, volatility is relatively low still. If we're going to see that sort of pocket of volatility come, might be some of these issues in the United States. Yeah, well, I think it's a pretty big week on the macro front for the US, even if we took the debt ceiling out of it. We've got PCE, we've got Fed minutes. Um, so I think it's, it's still a pretty big um, you know, week, even without the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling just sort of adds to it, I think, as well. You know, it looked like we were making some sort of some progress there during the week. I think that sort of, you know, curtailed a little bit um, on Friday. I think, though, from what I've seen today, Biden's on his way back to, to sort of the US. So it looks like um, talk should resume today. So hopefully there's some progress this week, um, because if there's not, then that could weigh on equity markets if, if this sort of drags out. But as you say, markets, I think, have been relatively resilient. I think the the 
I think the catastrophe of this to to investors um, from the, the sort of the idea of that there is so much uh, at stake here that it really doesn't make sense for both sides to, to sort of not really make a deal. But I think, you know, you have Janet Yellen coming out to say that, um, you know, that the, the US is unlikely to sort of get to, to I think it was the middle of June uh, and still be able to pay its debts and unless there um, you know something done here which is obviously adding to um, to a bit of uncertainty for investors but I think if we look back at history it shows that lawmakers eventually do get a deal done and I think that's why investors probably aren't bothered but if this does you know increase um the longer this drags on ultimately it just increases the likelihood of a of a sell off in in risk assets um you know and, and that 20% gain that we've seen from the nasdaq this year could diminish obviously last time we we saw this back in 2011 we had the the credit downgrades um the s&p 500 i think fell by about 15 to 20% in in about 10 days and the vix jumped significantly as well so we're not quite at that point yet but it's certainly a scenario that investors are, are beginning to to believe that might could, could be a possibility especially uh, as that this week draws to a close. Josh, uh, obviously a quiet day ahead of a very interesting week. We really appreciate you appreciate you shedding some light on it. So we'll, we'll leave it there, but we'll talk again uh, as the week goes on. Josh Gilbert there from me tomorrow. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Take care. Okay, let's get back to equities and just take a look at some of these leaders in laggards. Let's start with those leaders, shall we? And uh, top of the pops, here we go, Brainship Holdings. And I was having a look at this at the <laughs> end of the last uh, hour of, of programming, yeah. so at the close, and uh, I was sort of out living trying to find a reason why it was up. Well, Could you find one? No, it's always, I mean, it's, it's very it's a volatile stock, stock right? Yeah. Um, it was the best performer on Friday as well. I didn't see any news associated with it yet again today. However, I believe they're holding an AGM tomorrow. So oh. I don't know, I mean, that's, what That's all I can come up with. Kelsian yeah. Group. This is an interesting one. I'm not even seeing any broker moves on it. It is in the travel tourism, but also public, you know, what do we call it? Public travel, public Corporate? transport space. Transport. Oh, my God. That's right. uh, it's up by 3.4%, but it is one of those small caps. It does get mentioned pretty favorably uh, by a lot of my guests, at least. Uh, Nanasonics, again, not any news. Sims and then CentOS up by a pretty, pretty solid 2%. Um, again, not really associated with any big news. No, you at sort of wonder time. how much activity is actually going through the market when it really is just the uh, sort of marginal speculator pushing prices, maybe a little higher than the fundamentals would justify. And uh, well, let's see if that applies to the laggards, perhaps, because we said it a few times, and I wouldn't mind quoting uh, or not, well, referring to a conversation I had bro- with Brody Howell from Macro Capital today, talking about how big a development this. Uh, I guess agreement between the US and Australia was over the weekend when it become when it comes to rare earths and how mm. investors haven't really seemed to have I mean perhaps discounted that into the to, to the price or it hasn't really shift, shifted sentiment yeah. much but it it's pretty big news. It is but it's an interesting one because mm. you mentioned lithium critical minerals is what it was really about yeah. on the surface but then you get hydrogen in there I just actually think it's so big and there's such a lack of detail right. that it's difficult to go out and really buy just based on that I mean who yeah. knows maybe perhaps we'll see some um, you know some further detail come and that will give us a more um, focused view as to which companies may stand to benefit from this um, but you know lithium's been on such a tear and so it's not actually that surprising to see a little big give back there. And Imogene yeah. was one of the best performers on Friday. Now we have had a broker come out 
cutting its price target by 40% to 21 cents per share. I'd actually like to read that note from Bell Potter on that because, you know, the news was that it got FDA clearance for a trial to go through on its Oncolytics program, which, you know, was taken as, as really positive news. Yeah, well, um, I suppose it always is when you get those sorts of developments, but um, well, still fighting at a discount, I suppose, 12 cents versus 21, but um, yeah, fairly significant drop there perhaps. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I guess at uh, all the other four names, we, we've gone through them in nauseam, uh, rare earth plays there, just cooling off very, very slightly. Here's your time to shine in the small caps, your favorite. <laughs> Come on. Gentrack, it was out with results in New Zealand company. It does a lot of the software platforms for billing processes for water and energy. Am I impressing you yet, Kyle? I'm always impressed. 26%. If you want to hear some analysis on it, I spoke with James Garish from Sean Partners and Market Matters earlier today. That's up online. Big Tin Can, there yep. you go. Clearly, you know, hoping that there will be an improved offer coming and the board will actually disclose and recommend it up by 14%. Um, some of the laggards, Rhythm Biosciences, don't know if you remember, it was up by 88% one day last week. So just giving some of that <laughs> one back. One of Danny's favorite And uh, yeah. Gallon Lithium. So it did a discounted placement and mm. it is down by 11%, but it had a big okay. insto. I mean, they raised like 32 point something million. So it's not an insignificant mm. amount of cash. And of course, it was a negative day for lithium as well. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Did right. I earn my dollars today? Oh, you, oh, I mean, every day, of course. But there, there was a really good one there. Called, I think it was called Dreadnought Resources. Yeah, have you heard of that one before? Uh, no, but I feel tomorrow. like that should be like a, a metal band or something <laughs> like that. Dreadnought. Sure. What was that other one that a couple of weeks ago was always one of the laggards or the leaders? Je oh, my voir. gosh. Je vois. my favorite. I still haven't invested in that. Need to find the We're going to have a Kyle's back. list of stocks just based <laughs> just on names. Just nice names. Yeah, we'll yeah. see if we can call it an as, ETF or something. That's about as deep as my investing goes. <laughs> Don't say that, but he does do a little singing in the COB newsletter tonight. Oh, so you are you going to let me do that, are you? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was good. I, I thought, I thought you meant sing it. I was like, oh, don't, no, do it don't, do don't do it now. Don't do it now. Okay, cool. No, that's going through. Yeah, read that. Yeah, okay, no, that, that, that got the big ticket of approval. <laughs> All right. Um, tonight, look, we know that it was very quiet on the uh, economic front here today. Um, we've got Eurozone consumer confidence. We have ECB speakers and we've got Fed speakers as well. So that gives us ammunition for tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. And um, well, we'll uh, wait and see what the cacophony has to say tonight. But um, here we go. This is uh, tomorrow. I'll take Technology one earnings. That's going to be really interesting mm-hmm. for the tech space, especially the run-up we uh, in prices that we saw today in, in the tech sector. A brain ship you just uh, mentioned before, also something we'll have to keep an eye on. And, uh, and flash PMIs. Yeah. Um, had a had a really interesting conversation with Stephen Tully today, just talking about the uh, divergence between global manufacturing and global services activity. Obviously, central bankers concerned about you know why services activity is um, so resilient and perhaps making their job harder. Mm-hmm. So I always check what's breaking, mm-hmm. you know, before we wrap up this podcast and this program. And I'm just noticing that energy, you know, the best performing sector, as we told you here locally, we're watching Brent crude futures and U.S. crude futures falling by about 1% um, as we speak. And that's uh, on top of some of the pressure that we saw coming through for coking coal and for iron ore. So we've got those debt ceiling talks resuming. That will definitely be a, um, you know, really big talking point. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you see these these headlines come through on Reuters and you just think it just speaks to, you know, these themes. And one of which that I just saw, if I can find it, is that the Democratic Republic of Congo's president is paying a visit to China. So says huh. the uh, the ministry there. So, again, it just speaks to that um, 
you know, that economic influence uh, that the Chinese are having and that obviously um, some of these Western leaders are trying to, um, to counteract. They're just trying Anyhow. to sit there in little debt traps for everyone, aren't they, and just sort of to, to, to tumble them into, isn't this, uh, yeah, geopolitics at its finest. Yeah, I saw something else that I thought was really interesting. Volvo receiving oh. record orders for up to 1,000 electric trucks. So you get all these headlines and I wish we had time to delve into them all, but you know, we've just got to make some choices around here. Um, what we always cover in de depth, in detail, is the local market. The S&P ASX 200 finishing down two tenths of a percent, as did the SIBO Australia index. And the final figure for the S&P ASX 200, 7,263. There you go. Another day in the books. And well, if you want to catch up on everything that you, well, would have seen today, if you were tuning in, uh, make sure you head to the website and app. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a good one. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.